Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Cameron Howard. And I'm Eric Barreto. And joining us today is Diane Jacobson, Professor Emerita of Old Testament here at Luther. Welcome, Diane. It's great to be here. So, Diane, you turn our eyes to Psalm 121. Uh, to really, it, it's short, but it's really powerful. It seems to, for you, I think it captures so much of what God is up to. And one thing that really struck me in your piece, and we were talking about right before we started recording yeah. too, is this idea that theology starts with questions and not answers. Oh, absolutely. And I think that contains a whole lot of insight as well. So could you talk, talk a little bit about that um, as a place to start? Yeah. Um, the default uh, position, I think, mm-hmm. about religion is that religion is something that answers. Uh-huh. And I just love this psalm. I love so many psalms. I love so much part, so many parts of Scripture that really take questions seriously, mm-hmm. and that a good question is worth even a good answer. Right, <laughs> and that sometimes the best answer to yeah. these really difficult questions is another question yeah. that leads you to another question. Like so that it's this we, interminable we search come for understanding to God with, "Where's my help? Where does my help come from?" It's such a serious question. That and lifting your eyes to the hills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are, I mean, who doesn't get this? It's kind of where people are today. Yeah. They're filled with this kind of mystery and wonder yeah. and just a truckload of questions. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, think, I think to my upbringing in that, what faith looked like was certainty. Yeah, yeah. And I think what I've learned more and more is that faith is the courage to ask really hard questions. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. to know that God will hear them and that the response God will give maybe won't be the response we think we need, but will right. be a response that we actually need at that particular moment. Yeah. And could be another question, right? Yeah. Theology can yeah. end with questions yeah. just as well as begin. And yeah. Yeah, but those lament psalms, you know, ask mm-hmm. other kinds of tough questions, not just where does my help come from, but what the blazes are you doing, God? Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like, you know, promise to me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that takes a, a, a profound amount of faith to stand up and ask God these questions. Yeah, yeah. That I think for a lot of us it looks like doubting or faithlessness or you don't really trust God. No, to, to take that stand and ask God that question is a profound yeah. step of faith. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So you start off with the psalm, like, I lift my eyes up to the hill from where my help comes. So it's that question. Yeah. And you help us think about, too, like this it, – it's this image that resonates with us because we do this. We do look right. to the horizon. Um, there's a promise there of a new yeah. day, of, of whatever's next. And so it's a really fascinating place to start here. Yeah. I re- I, you know, how many uh, sermons do you remember, especially sermons from students? But I do remember one of our students giving a sermon on, on this psalm, and he was a Chinese student, and he talked about the way people look at hills huh. and lift their eyes to mountains. Right. And it's, it is a very interesting cross-cultural notion too yeah, yeah. and we hear immediately that my help is from the lord the maker of heaven and earth so all that i see here right with my including eyes and them their hills right, <laughs> that's right, is god's responsibility yeah um, and then you show us how we move from confessing God as, or addressing God as creator to confessing God as redeemer. So walk right. us through this psalm. Uh, th- this, it's just such gorgeous poetry, but I'll refrain from talking about all the gorgeous poetry, except to say that that word keeper or guard 
is mentioned seven times, seven, that mysterious oh. number. And um, just like the word Lord, and so that primary image that God's going to keep you, guard you, watch over you, that's that remarkable promise in this psalm. Mm-hmm. It's just spectacular. And then one of my favorite moments in I, the poetry of, the, of verse 6 that begins by day, which in Hebrew is yomam, which I kind of think is fun for people. <laughs> it's fun to <laughs> Yomam. Um, by day, and it ends by night, and then it's the sun and the moon, and huh. right in the middle oh. will not strike you. Nice. And we're kind of used to understanding God as shade, as protection from the sun. Yeah. But I actually like this line more because it's protection from the moon, which is lunacy. And that promise of protection from mental distress and mental illness that's pretty profound. Yeah, and also the way that kind of the world, the way the world is turned upside down, is this form of lunacy. It's yeah, uh, mm-hmm. not seeing things as they actually are or how they yeah. should be. Um, one of the things I love about the piece too is that you invite us to think about Psalms as these um, acts of prayer. Yeah, um, I think for a lot, of, I think. I wonder for a lot of us, we know, maybe it's me, I know how to read prose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know how to read, say, a parable. But Psalms, I always find, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how, how to read this in quite yeah. the same way. But to think about it as this form of prayer, yeah. as a way to kind of enunciate our, our deepest questions and our deepest emotions is really eye-opening to me. Yeah. And uh, one thing that can be confusing about Psalms is the way that they change voice so yeah. frequently. So here we have in verses 1 and 2, you have this first-person speaker, I lift up my eyes, my help is from the Lord. Um, and then in verse 3, all of a sudden, who's being addressed and who's speaking? Yeah. And we can probably root this in the liturgical, mm. um, in a liturgical context so uh-huh. that one could imagine a, a leader and those who are responding. Um, but I also sort of, as I read it, I think there is a testimony so here I'm giving my testimony, right? I right. know my help is from mm. the Lord. Now let me tell you right. what this God It even moves to you. Israel. So right. you can't be an in, just an individual in the psalm. It's mm. not just right. between you and God. Yeah. If there's not a community, and if you don't kind of go to proclamation mm. as well as self-assurance, you're not really praying. It's a, you know, we're so individual. Yeah. And this psalm... It feels like it's entirely individual, but it's got this movement to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes. Yeah, I think, again, I think about the way I was brought up. That I think I, I don't know if I was taught this, but I just assume that I think what you do with Psalms is that you take them to the wilderness and you read them by yourself and you sit there and you contemplate. And yes, there's a function of that, but what imagining Psalms is prayer that draws you closer to one another. Right, and to the community of saints. So I think about um, when I did CPE when I was in seminary, the number of patients that I saw who always, like, knew a psalm or two, even if they had struggles with with memory loss, they remembered the psalms. And it was a way not just for them to connect to God, but to connect to somebody else, to connect to the communities where they were— where they were nurtured and the families that sometimes now they couldn't remember. That was like this this thing that kept them together. Yeah, it's like music. Well, yeah, I, and right. it was set to yeah, music. Right. But I, I also like the move that it's not just our words to God, it's mm. also God's words to mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, and you think about New Testament, 
the quotation of Psalms is like telling us something about God. And so it's this both and Mm -hmm. thing that goes on. And music and poetry are always so closely linked. And here it strikes me as I look at this psalm again, the way that um, there are so many opposites. And in poetry, Mm -hmm. you you use the extremes to say Mm -hmm. everything. But Mm -hmm. instead of saying... God made everything, and God will protect you from everything. It has these eight beautiful verses that talk about um, the sun and the moon, um, the going out and the coming in, heaven and earth. And so by naming those things, just like we do, um, or just like Revelation does, right, in the New Testament, Alpha and Omega. That's from Revelation. Totally, it is. That's correct. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of And even that last line, going out, coming in, now, forever right Right. it just keeps that and that's you know you talk about reading psalms it's that parallelism Mm -hmm. that rhythm that pace and you know once you become a old testament psalm nerd (laughs) you you (laughs) You need a t-shirt that yeah yeah you you dream (laughs) in parallelism (laughs) that that it's that yes and yes, yeah. here and there. And it's that rhythm. It's not, you know, it doesn't rhyme. Yeah. It's not that. It it moves. It's interesting. It's kind of this rhythmic ordering of the world. Yeah. Of, of a world that's totally not ordered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So you look at this world that's chaotic, and yet there's this force, this God right. that's ordering it. And the, the psalm kind of represents that. It's this rhythmic ordering of a really complex world. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's how psalms function. They're beautiful. So thank you, Diane, for bringing us to the Psalms again. This is uh, great stuff. Well, I love talking about Psalms, (laughs) and I love talking about it with you too. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Diane. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.